When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hey everyone, I'm Meg Teets and this is Sorta Awesome. Welcome back, Awesomes. You are listening to the show that is all about helping you be smart, strong, and social. We are in your earbuds every single week with all the awesome that you need to know. And you can also find us on Instagram at Sorta Awesome Show or over on Facebook in our Sorta Awesome Hangout group. This is episode 183 of Sorta Awesome. And you know, we are loving our theme for the year, Awesomes Know How. We have gotten so many incredible ideas from our awesome community already about topics that you want to see covered, topics that you yourself know how to do and can come and teach the rest of us, and people that you want to suggest for the show. So I wanted to give a quick reminder of how you can reach out to us and let us know your ideas for Awesome's Know How. Now, I'm going to put this in the show notes, so don't worry. But I want you to know we are collecting all of those ideas via email. And this email is going to go to our very awesome producer, Sarah, who absolutely 1000% keeps things running behind the scenes here at Sorta Awesome. So if you have an idea for Awesome's Know How, please send us an email to team at sortaawesomeshow.com. Again, Sarah's collecting those for us. We are working through the amazing ideas that are coming in. So if you've been on the fence and kind of deliberating if you should nominate yourself or send us your show topic idea, I'm going to give you the serious eyes right now. Awesome. Do it. Email us. Tell us about it. And again, that email address is team at sortaawesomeshow.com. Okay, this is episode 183. I'm joined by the ever lovely, ever gorgeously curly haired fun and frugal friend that we all love, the ever-helpful Rebecca Hoffer of simplyrebecca.com. Hello, Rebecca. Oh my goodness, what the introduction today. (laughs) Well, it's true. I'm I'm blushing. Your hair looks amazing, looking so good. Look at you. Yeah. It's day two. Day two is always a good hair day for me. It's going to be so fun and also so helpful. Today we are talking all about the things that we wish we had done sooner, you know, like those things that come up in life that you're like, well, I finally did this and by golly, it wasn't as bad as I thought it was going to be, or I actually could do that. If there's one thing that awesomes do know how to do, 
It's how to go out and be awesome in the world. But sometimes even we in the awesome community can get a little behind on taking care of things, everything from those big dreaded tasks that we tend to put off for ages to those little daily annoyances that really can actually be fixed pretty quickly. So Rebecca and I are going to give you our lists of what we wish we had done sooner and then share some of the things that you, the awesomes, told us that you have conquered so we can all get inspired to tackle those to-dos that have been weighing us down for way too long. But first, before we get to all of that, let's go ahead and start the show the way we always do with our Awesomes of the Week. It's that moment in the show where we tell you all about the podcasts, the movies, TV shows, books, products, whatever it is that's making life a little bit more awesome for us this week. Rebecca, I can't wait to hear what you have for us this week. I am bringing to you and to all the Awesomes listening the show You on Netflix. Mm, mm, mm. I've heard stuff about this. You've texted me to get me to watch this. I have not yet. Yes, there has been a ton of buzz on this. And I may be a little late to the show here because this was released on Netflix in December. Oh, okay. I watched it right after Christmas. So late December, early January, I was watching it. And it was fascinating. Now, this is a romantic thriller. Oh, the romantic part fits me really well, right? Like I love a soapy drama, but the thriller part is no, it is not. This is not my typical show. I don't love suspense that makes me jump. I don't love gore. I don't love things that keep me up at night. But I watched the trailer and I thought, you know, I'm going to give this a try. It's obviously dark and it's clear that there's going to be murder, but it doesn't look It doesn't look gruesome. It doesn't look horrible. So I'm going to try this. And guys, I was immediately drawn in because the lead character is played by Penn Badgley, who was Dan from Gossip Girl. Guys, are you playing along? This could be like a sort of awesome drinking game. Like (laughs) take a shot every time Rebecca brings up Gossip Girl. And we will all have a real good time this February. Yes. (laughs) I have great affection. For Dan, I know that's kind of a polarizing topic, but I do. I love Penn Badgley. So I was like, well, I have got to try this. So Penn Badgley plays the character Joe. Elizabeth Lale plays Guinevere Beck. She's nicknamed Beck throughout the entire series. And they meet randomly in Joe's bookstore. For Joe, it's love at first sight. He goes home and stalks Beck through her social media. And when I say stalk, as one does, right, as one does <laughs> except that when I say stalk, no, I mean like really stalks her. Okay. okay. Like watching her from outside of her house stalks Yikes. her. Okay? okay. So they end up running into each other again, which is not at all a coincidence, start dating, and then just everything kind of continues from there. You get to see how they struggle in the relationship, how they build the relationship. There was this tweet that I came across after I had finished the show. I Googled the show because I needed to hear other people's thoughts on this. And I saw one tweet that said, I don't know if I'm terrified or turned off. And I would say that is that is like exactly what this show is. So this is what I love about the show. Okay. Because I need you to hear this, that this show really is dark. Okay. But this is what I love about it. 
Most of the episodes were narrated from Joe's perspective. So you get to hear his inner thoughts, his reasons, his justifications for all of his stalking and all of the really dark, disturbing things that he ends up doing. The thing is, is that he truly feels like it's okay to do bad things in the name of love. Oh, my goodness. Like, love is the core of him. And everything he does is for his love of Beth. And so as I'm watching, I'm feeling kind of conflicted. Like, I like Joe and Beck together, but yet he's crazy, crazy. like legit crazy. (laughs) You get a small glimpse into Joe's backstory with some hints about what makes him who he is. But I think that more of that is going to come in season two. So this is actually an ongoing season. So season one was released in December. Again, it's on Netflix. Season two is yet to come. It is disturbing. Okay. It is romantic. (laughs) And it is, (laughs) it is addictive. Like it is all consuming addictive. I watched this series in an embarrassingly short amount of time. Right, right. Yeah. Okay. That's why, honestly, truly, that is why I have not yet watched it because I know you like binged like straight through it. And I'm, I'm, it's one of those shows where I'm kind of waiting for that perfect time where I can clear my schedule right. a little bit and just like yeah. dive Sometimes right like in. when you're not so, feeling well and you're just going to yeah. be in bed for hours, yes. that's like the perfect time. Now, is this show for everyone? Absolutely not. I wasn't even like up until the end. I was still like, I don't know. Is this show for me? And then there would be a scene where Joe is <laughs> yeah. being like the most romantic, amazing boyfriend ever. And I'm like, yes, yes, this show is for me. And then the next scene, I'm like, oh, my goodness, I don't know if this show is for me. So, you know, there's the trailers available on Netflix. Watch the trailer and just give yourself the freedom to any moment. Be like, you know what? I'm done. I'm turning this off. Or I'm just not going to watch this when it's dark outside. You know? Yeah. Oh, it's that much of a thriller, huh? It's good. Okay. This is you on Netflix. Just this week in the Hangout group, one of our awesomes posted, I just finished you on Netflix and I feel like I need therapy to process it. Yes. <laughs> so, yes. Good stuff. Thank you, Rebecca. Like I said, I'm kind of saving it for a rainy day whenever that might come. Okay, well, my awesome of the week has to do, we're taking a total turn away from romance and thrillers. We're just getting down into the nitty gritty everyday life, actually evening life, because I want to tell you all something that's been awesome for me is simplifying my evening skincare routine. So, you know, I've talked about in the past, in my pre-pregnancy life, I got really super into the whole 10-step Asian beauty care routine. I loved it. I've talked about how It is self-care for me. It's part of my evening rituals. But lately, and I even confessed on our recent confessions show that I just like stopped washing my face for a while because I was so, 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 so tired in my early months of pregnancy. Well, now I'm back into it. And the way I'm doing it is very simple now. And I actually was just talking about this in a thread that we had in the Hangout group where someone was asking like, this was an awesome who had recently turned 30. She was like, I've never really paid much attention to skincare. What should I be doing? And I was like, I think this is what I wish I would have been doing at 30. And even if you're sort of overwhelmed and intimidated by doing a whole skincare routine, if you're used to just like maybe washing your face with soap or Noxzema or something in the evening, this is a really simple way to kind of like take it to the next level without getting overwhelmed. So I got mine down to three steps. The first thing I would recommend is getting 
a cleanser for your skin that both cleanses it and has an exfoliator in it. So you're doing like a two-in-one. You're combining two of those steps together. There are tons of exfoliator cleansers that you can find on the shelves of your local drugstore. I personally like one from CeraVe. That company is spelled C-E-R-A-V-E, CeraVe. I like their SA cleanser. The SA stands for salicylic acid, and it's a really gentle exfoliator. So if you have sensitive skin, or if you have skin that's maybe more mature like mine, (laughs) then this is a great product that you can use. It's gentle. It's not irritating. It does go ahead and exfoliates. It does not have any of the like microbeads in it that if you have sensitive skin or again, mature skin, sometimes that's going to actually scratch your skin. But this has the salicylic acid that does the work of exfoliating, which is kind of taking off dead skin for you, which leaves your skin feeling brighter, all of those good things that exfoliation does, but it's not going to be too harsh for skin. So again, that's from CeraVe. It's their Renewing Essay Cleanser. I got it at Target. You can get it at CVS Walgreens, you know, all the places, I'm sure. The second thing I would do, if you, especially if you're like in your 20s, 30s, you've never been into skincare, oh, please, I wish I could go back in time and tell myself to do this. Get yourself a little eye cream. Now, the thing about eye cream is it is not going to get rid of your dark under eye circles. I think a lot of people get so confused and end up spending a lot of money for an eye cream because it promises to get rid of dark under eye circles. But you guys, the truth is under eye circles really come from a variety of factors, mostly like heredity, but also life circumstances. If you're not getting enough sleep, if your diet isn't great, you're going to have dark circles under your eyes and no cream is going to take care of that. You have to go to cosmetics to deal with your under eye circles. So you need a, a great concealer a brightening eyeliner, whatever, but it's not going to come from your cream. Now, I have two that I use. One is kind of expensive, I think, for eye cream, but I got it in an Ipsy bag. It's from Context. It's the Context Vitamin C eye cream. It's like $34 for a little half ounce tube. I feel like that's kind of expensive. And if I hadn't gotten it in that Ipsy bag, I wouldn't be using it, frankly. But another one that I started using because I do like the Asian skincare routine is from a Korean beauty company called Skin Food, and it's their Royal Honey Moisturizing Eye Cream. And it's more reasonable. It's like $18 for an ounce, and it lasts forever. It's really good, thick moisturizing. So if you do have mature skin like mine, it's going to be great. If you are like preventing wrinkles around the eye, you guys, this stuff is fantastic. It feels so good and so soothing around your eyes at the end of the day. So you want to do your two-in-one, like do an exfoliating cleanser. You want to do an eye cream, and then you want to put some kind of cream over everything on top when you're done to kind of seal in and just let your skin kind of heal a little bit overnight. That's one of the great things that sleep does for our bodies is it helps us to heal. And I think if you have a good nighttime cream on at night, it can really make a difference for your skin over time. Now, I've talked about on the show, I love the True Cream Moisturizing Balm from Belief. It's like $38. So if you're looking for something at a lower price point, again, CeraVe makes a really fantastic one called their PM Facial Moisturizing Lotion. The one from CeraVe is much more lightweight than the Belief one that I like. So if you, again, if you're younger or if you just don't like to have the feeling of like a lot of stuff on your skin at night, less like on a sensory level, it bothers you. 
I think you'll really like this CeraVe one because it's super lightweight, but it's still going to be really great for your skin overnight. And again, it's CeraVe, so you can find it at Target or wherever. So that's it. So you do a cleanser that has an exfoliator, you do an eye cream, and you do a good overnight facial cream, three steps, and you're done. All right. Those are our awesomes of the week this week. We, of course, want to hear what is awesome in the lives of our awesomes. So stop by and see us on Instagram every Friday morning at Sort of Awesome Show, where we're talking all about your awesome of the week. And also, of course, every single Friday, we do this in our Sort of Awesome Hangout group. We share with each other the best of everything that we need to know right now. If you have not joined us in our Facebook community, we would love to have you over there. You can find us at facebook.com slash groups slash sort of awesome hangout. Okay, awesomes. Is it just me or is this winter weather so confusing for our bodies? I mean, I know I'm all bundled up because it's cold outside, but after running around all day, going indoors and out, I realized that under my jacket, I have been sweating, but I've been able to keep it fresh and clean with coconut deodorant from Kapari. Kapari's coconut deodorant is aluminum-free, vegan, and does not contain silicones, sulfates, parabens, GMOs, or baking soda. So whether you've got sensitive skin or just don't want a bunch of questionable ingredients on your body, Kapari's deodorant offers a cleaner option that works just as well. It's formulated with plant-based actives like sage oil and coconut oil, so you stay fresh all day. Not only does it keep me fresh and smelling great through the winter, but you guys, I put this to the test in the summer too, and Kapari's coconut deodorant totally held up. It also goes on smooth and it does not leave behind a gross, sticky white residue. Along with their original coconut scent, Kapari offers a fragrance-free version of their deodorant, and plus they have two new scents, Beach and Gardenia, and those are available now. I think this is the perfect time of the year for that beach scent when we're all daydreaming of the beach anyway, and Kapari offers a deodorant subscription so you'll never run out of deodorant again. It's shipped to you as often as you choose, automatically for free. They also offer a money-back guarantee, so there's no reason not to give it a try today. Go to kaparibeauty.com slash awesome to make the safe switch today and save $5 off your first order when you subscribe. That's kapari, K-O-P-A-R-I, beauty.com slash awesome. Kaparibeauty.com slash awesome. All right, Rebecca. We have prepared some lists. We have some things that were, this is like, almost kind of tips into confession show because of how, you know, we're going to be talking about things we've been putting off. <laughs> sure. Yeah. <laughs> but truly, it's so easy to just get caught up in the regular, you know, rhythms and routines of life. And maybe we do have like a little something that it's just annoying. And we're like, Oh, I wish I wish I knew how to fix this. Or I don't know what to do about this. Sometimes there's like some really big things that we just don't have the capacity to deal with. But then when we actually have to do it, when we get on the other side of it, we're like, oh my gosh, I really wish I would have taken care of that sooner. I feel so much better. That's what, I mean, I think that's at the heart of this episode. Don't you think, Rebecca, is that if we can tell stories about how we have conquered these things that were weighing on us, on the other end of it, it's such a good feeling of like, yeah, I did that thing, no matter how small it was. Right. Exactly. Well, the All first right. one that I'm going to share is related to our van. So okay. we drive a Honda Odyssey. It has automatic sliding doors, our minivan. And there's something about the year of our van 
that is notorious for having problems with our sliding doors. And recently, we just spent a lot of money (laughs) to get these doors fixed. But here's one thing that was happening. The first sign of trouble was that some sort of sensor that was determining that our doors, it was like a beeping sound, like a constant beep would happen if it thought that the doors were open, even if the doors were not open. Okay, so we're driving down the road and there would just be this loud, constant beep that was happening. I can't tell you how long we lived with this. Like, and it would be sporadic. So sometimes I felt like it happened more when it was cold outside. Sometimes I felt like it happened if I went into reverse instead of in drive. I mean, there was really no rhyme or reason to it, except the only thing that was consistent is that it was obnoxious. Yes. But we just dealt with it. Like even driving on road trips or on vacation sometimes we would spend hours with that beeping sound going off yeah. Beep! i mean it was just terrible hmm. uh-uh. nate was talking about this to a friend and saying oh our van it's like so obnoxious it makes this beeping sound do you know what he did well our friend googled it yeah and fixed our problem in literally like a second <laughs> in a second like, there's just a switch uh-huh. that you can just, like, flip. You just flip the switch, and like, it makes the noise like literally, stop. That's not even a metaphor. It was, like, literally. <laughs> literally a you switch. Just flip a switch. Yeah. And not a switch, like, under the hood that you have to, you know, struggle to get to. A switch, right, right. like, next to the dashboard. Okay. okay. <laughs> now, if anybody listening <laughs> is having this problem in their van, <laughs> do you have a Honda Odyssey that is obnoxious? This is what you do. There's a, a switch that you can like turn on and off the uh, the door's automatic capabilities. You can just yes. like turn that off and just say, yeah. now it's not going to do that. And so yeah. all you need to do is like turn it off while you're driving. Now yeah. then you have to turn it back on in order for the doors okay. to actually open back up. Yeah, 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 yeah. But while you're driving, you just flip yeah. The switch. Flip the switch. Oh my gosh. Now, this is actually the sign of like something bigger. So we told this story to our mechanic who was fixing our doors for other complicated reasons. And he's like, yeah, "Yeah, don't Google things. Like you should have like taken care of this like a long time ago. So that is just more to the story is like, yes, we should have like Googled it earlier. And yes, we should have maybe actually just like fixed it earlier so that like none of this other junk would have been happening. Literally, it was a switch. We dealt with this for hours and hours and hours of annoyance. And it was just a switch right there on the dashboard. I feel like flip that switch. That's like the mantra for this whole episode. Just like, that's the thing that you need to do. Listen, my first one on my list actually is it starts with Googling how to fix something. So I don't know. I disagree with your mechanic. I think sometimes there is a simple solution and you can find it with the help of your local friendly Google. Well, yeah, but my mechanic doesn't want me to Google and fix it on my own. (laughs) He wants wants me to pay him lots of money to fix it. Exactly. Okay, (laughs) let me tell you about the first one on my list. I do feel like a refrigerator repair pro now. (laughs) Okay, I also have refrigerator issues. I can't wait to hear yours. Okay. So when we bought our house almost seven years ago, we just came with the fridge that the owners had had. 
we've had it for seven years. I mean, it's probably older than that. This past summer, it stopped cooling in the main part of the refrigerator, which is a big problem for a refrigerator. That's like the whole point of the refrigerator. (laughs) It wasn't like totally, totally not working, but it was like, it was a problem. It was still cool enough to where food wasn't spoiling, but I could tell every time I opened the fridge, I could tell it was not cooling the way it was supposed to. Does that make sense? Okay. Yes. Yes. Okay. So this isn't even the actual story I wanted to tell, but this is where it started. So I did some Googling. I figured out that the panel, so it's a side-by-side, okay. the panel in between the fridge and the freezer had like water had frozen in there for another reason that I'm not going to go into. I figured out what was going on. All I had to do was defrost the whole thing. And let that water drain down into the drain pan, which apparently this is a thing because there's like a drain thing in the freezer part. Mm-hmm. And that fixed the cooling part. And I was like, I am a refrigerator genius. You're amazing. <laughs> okay. But follow-up problem was, you know, we have four children. The fridge is a very active area, mm-hmm. especially the fruit drawer and the vegetables drawer. Over time... Our vegetable drawer, first, it started with like the slider, you know, that can controls the humidity in that drawer. Okay. Yeah. Some refrigerators have them, some don't. First, it started with that breaking off. And then the rest of like the bar broke off. And somehow, and I do know exactly how this happened. The twins, when they would get stuff out of that drawer, wouldn't close the drawer and then close Mm, the door. They would uh just close it all together as children are prone to do. Mm -hmm. Eventually, it got a huge crack in it. And since there was no bar along the top like it was just deteriorating over time is what I'm trying to tell you got a huge crack in it and the drawer was basically done for so again I was like now listen here's the thing I grew up in a family I'm not kidding about this I grew up in a family where when things broke literally my parents just bought something new (laughs) they did not even attempt to fix the thing so I really was thinking oh my gosh we're gonna have to buy a new refrigerator (laughs) oh a whole new refrigerator (laughs) Not yes. like a replacement drawer. No. I didn't even know that was a thing you could do. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness. <laughs> but since I had already fixed our fridge once by Googling, I was just like, you know what I should do? I should just like Google, like, what should you do if, you know, you have this model of refrigerator and your vegetable crisper breaks. And yeah. <laughs> lo and behold, Rebecca, yeah. you can, you can just buy the drawer. Yeah. And you replace it. And so I found one. <laughs> you I just found saved one. hundreds of dollars. Like so much money. I found one on Amazon, the exact one I needed. On Amazon, of all things, Amazon Prime. Two days later, two days and $50 later, I had a new CRISPR drawer. I put it in there. Even Kyle. Now, Kyle's a good problem solver and very efficient. He was like, you're a genius. Thank you for finally fixing the CRISPR drawer. <laughs> Oh, God bless Google. (laughs) I know. So like I said, this drawer was breaking down over time. It's not like just one thing happened and then it was broken. Like it was like weeks, probably months of dealing with a drawer that didn't pull out the right way. It was like falling apart. I could have saved us all the hassle and just done it. But now I'm here to tell you, everyone, you don't have to buy a new refrigerator. (laughs) They sell the replacement parts. Oh, that reminds me, one of our awesomes had a story too. So we asked in the hangout group for people to share their stories of what they wish they had done sooner. So awesome Allison said, she had a similar story. She said, you know, the bar that holds condiments in on the door of your fridge, 
She said the door of their fridge had three condiment shelves, but when they bought it, one of those bars was missing. And over time, the other two broke in half. So every time you opened or closed the fridge door, like the condiment bottles would fall out and spill. So this sounds said, so much like my life. <laughs> I'm so glad that we're the same person in this. I would feel so much more embarrassed of myself if you were like, hello, what's wrong with you? <laughs> so she said a couple of weeks ago, she bought the three replacement shelf bars and their lives have been changed. And I'm just, let's proclaim the gospel of refrigerator part replacement. Well, can I share my refrigerator story? This one wasn't yes. even on my list, but this okay. needs to be shared. This is ridiculous. Okay. Okay. So our refrigerator was leaking, okay? Oh, like yeah. the water would come out from the bottom. It's a problem. It is a problem. So we called yeah. a repair person. He came. There's that drain pan that you yes. mentioned. Yes. Ours had a crack in it. He's like, oh, it just oh. has a crack in it. So mm-hmm. here, we'll replace it for you. So he replaced it. And then I don't know if it was like weeks or months later or even immediately after. I don't know what happened. but. It started leaking again. Oh, no. I'm like, well, this is really annoying. I wonder if it has a crack in it again or if something Mm -hmm. happened to it. So we call a repairman. He comes out. He investigates it. He says, I can't find anything wrong. Hmm. There's no crack in it. It's fine. I don't know what the problem is. And we paid like $80 to have this guy come out and tell us that he doesn't know. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. So I was like, okay, well, now what? So then we literally deal with this problem for months and months and months, like probably a year, year and a half, maybe even two years. Our refrigerator would randomly leak. Just random. Yes. It wouldn't happen like all the time. Mm -hmm. It would happen more in the summertime than it does in the wintertime. And in the wintertime, though, that was the worst because where our refrigerator was, was right next to... The coffee station and our silverware drawer. Every time I go over to get silverware out, oh, you'd step in a puddle of water and then your socks would be all your wet. And I'm just we have a very old house, over 150 years old, and our floors slope a little bit. They're not completely even. And so it would always like drain behind this radiator that we have in our kitchen, which is always like a dusty, disgusting mess because it's hard to clean around. And I hated it so much. But I was so frustrated because we had already called somebody and he didn't fix it. I don't know why I let him walk out of the house without fixing it, but he didn't fix it. Finally, it got to the point where I said to my husband, Nate, I said, Nate, I don't want anything at all ever again in life except for you to fix this refrigerator. I can't, this is like, I can't do this anymore. Just makes me so angry to continuously be stepping in puddles of water in my kitchen. I'm literally losing my mind over this refrigerator. Yeah. He calls repairman from the same company. Yeah. He comes out. He says, oh, the pan, the drip pan, it just wasn't in place. It wasn't pushed back far enough. (laughs) So when the water would come out, it would just go onto the floor (laughs) instead of into the drip pan. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. (laughs) I was equal parts elated and so angry. I was like, I'm sorry. (laughs) What did you say? I mean, our refrigerator, like it costs nothing to fix that. I was like, well, this is fantastic. This is such an easy problem. Praise the Lord. I thought, you know, we'd have to buy like a new refrigerator, you know, or something. Buy a new refrigerator. Yeah. 
And I was like, you got to be kidding me. I said, we had somebody come to service this and check this. And he didn't find it. He's like, oh, let me get back to you on that one. Well, they ended up, I think, not charging us for that service call. That's good. And I think he refunded us some money or something on our account for the previous service call. That was not effective. But I can't tell you (laughs) how many times I lost my ever-loving mind over the drip pan just not being in the right spot. Holy Moses. And it was such a simple fix. Refrigerators, man. Yeah, let's we'll just call this what the refrigerator episode. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, what was the next one on your list? I was gonna say, okay, so speaking of like cleaning things, and you know, were we speaking of cleaning things? Were we? I don't know. (laughs) We're doing stuff we wish we would have done a long time ago, which for me, yeah, actually does usually involve cleaning. Picturing like me cleaning up the water from the refrigerator. Like that was like so much a part of that. Oh, I'm like, I have like PTSD from this. Okay. (laughs) My mother purchased a dustbuster for me for Christmas. Now, dustbuster, is that like a regional term? It's like a handheld vacuum. Sure. Okay. I love this dustbuster so much. I feel like it has changed my life Hmm. in Mm -hmm. all the best ways. Why did I not have one? Why did my friends not tell me that I needed one? Why did my mother wait until I was 37 to buy me one and insist that this is something I needed? Yeah. (laughs) I have used that dustbuster so much in this last month. It really has changed my life. Yeah. I had a friend that I was carpooling with. And you know what I did? I like cleaned out my van for her because all it took was I just unplugged the dustbuster and I just, okay, confession, I only did her side of the car, but I did it. Yeah, of course. Today, I put the car seats because we had just done all this van stuff, okay? So the car seats were all messed up. I put the car seats back in, but before I put them in, I got out the dustbuster and I cleaned all the crumbs off the seats. Oh my goodness. I never would have done that, having to drag my vacuum, you know, all the different attachments, plug it in the weird plugs. I mean, not weird plugs, but like I don't have an outside plug. We don't have a garage. Like it's just, it's a complicated thing. I understand completely. Yes. Yeah. Can I tell you how many times I have vacuumed my steps? We have carpeted steps. I hardly ever vacuum my steps because I don't have a good attachment for it on my vacuum. You got to like hold on to the vacuum while you're like trying to, with a dustbuster, I just hand it to my kids and say, hey, you guys go do the steps and they just do it. Yes. It's yeah. amazing. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to have to ask you later what kind you got because I recently had gotten one too. I mean, I say recently, like sometime in the past year. And we used it so much that we like burned the motor out of it. Like it stopped working. So I need like a turbo dustbuster that can. Well, I think they do have like it. different voltages to them. Ooh, that's what I need. I think they make really hardcore ones and then just kind of like average ones. I don't know which one I have. I'm still just living in this amazing space of being able to like clean out my couch cushions with just like, it's not a big production. Yep. Like it always was a big project. Now it's just something I can do in like two minutes where before it just felt like so much effort with the big vacuum and Maybe, oh my goodness, my life is so hard. Like I couldn't get out my big vacuum, but like it's a thing, right? It's totally a thing. Yes. Yeah, it is. I love your dustbuster euphoria. 
I want to recapture that because like I said, we had one for a short time. And then truly between having six people in this family and a dog who sheds a lot, like mm-hmm. it was toast in no time. So I need a big girl dustbuster is what I yeah. need for sure. So, okay. That's so, so good. The next one on my list, I'm just going to cover this briefly. I just want everyone to know I have seen the light on the Marie style of folding clothes. This is, I feel like one of the more controversial parts of Kondo's system. Is For sure. She has a very, very, very specific way to fold clothes. Now, she also has a very philosophical mindset behind it. Why you fold your clothes this way? I was so resistant to this because I was like, listen, I don't have time for one more step in my laundry. If clothes actually get folded before they get put into the drawer they belong to, then great. Right. (laughs) So I decided that, you know, over January, like, Netflix is so smart. They put that tidying up with Marie Kondo out at the beginning of the year. I thought, you know what? That's the worst that could happen. I already knew how to fold that way, actually, because I worked in retail when I was younger, and that's how we had to fold the t-shirts. So I was already familiar with it. I decided to get crazy and start with the twins' clothes. Number one, they share a dresser. There's two of them, and they have tons of clothes. Number two, something that would drive me crazy all the time, and this is where the problem part came in. I was just living with the fact that they would go upstairs to change clothes, especially after school, and they would be looking for a specific thing and they would just fling everything out of the drawer. Oh, no, no, not good, not good. And so Mm. even when I would have them come back and put everything back into the drawer, they're like little boys, so they're not holding it. They're just shoving it back in there. Okay, so I was like, what if I did it, Comarine style? I did it, Rebecca. It is a miracle worker because when you fold your clothes this way, it's not just about folding them. When you put them into the drawer, you kind of stack them in vertical columns so that when you open the drawer, whether you're a child or a full-grown adult like me, when you open the drawer, you can immediately scan and see everything that's in that drawer. There is no digging under something to find something else. Since I started folding their clothes this way, we have had not one instance of clothes flinging out of drawers. Now, does it take a few seconds longer per item? Yes, it does. And I can get a little bit retentive about like, if the girls put the clothes away, I'm like, you have to do it this way. And they're like, why? And I'm like, just do it this way. (laughs) You're going to be in here putting the clothes back in the drawer. But it's a real miracle worker. So I'm here to say, if you have been so skeptical or just like given so much side eye to Marie Kondo's system of folding clothes, give it a try. You don't even know. It might change your life a little bit. It did ours. So highly recommend. It makes sense to me. Yeah. Look, awesomes, we're all busy. You're busy. I'm busy. And it can be so easy to put ourselves last on the list. But that's where Shine comes in. The Shine app is like a daily pep talk in your pocket. Every weekday, Shine sends you a motivational text and audio clip to help you start your day feeling like, I got this. This is not your usual live, laugh, love, Pinteresty inspiration. All their advice is research-backed. Shine will help you handle whatever the world throws at you with self-compassion. Plus, the app comes with seven-day audio challenges to help you grow on the go. Build up your confidence. Get your money moves on calm your anxiety. Shine's challenges will help you make mindful changes and appreciate the work you're doing. 
You guys, I am a huge fan of their meditations. They cover everything from finding your focus with meditations like start a productive day and stay motivated, all the way to chilling out, like how to have a calm morning and release your frustrations. The one I honestly had to start my week off with this week is the meditation on how to lighten your mood. I had gotten into such a funk and just could not seem to snap out of it. And so Shine's eight minutes of meditating on how exactly to lighten the mood was so helpful and so awesome. Like that friend who just gets it, Shine can help you navigate what you're going through while being kind and patient with yourself. Over 3 million people in 189 countries start every morning with Shine. Research shows that increased use of Shine can improve your well-being and decrease anxiety. Download the Shine app today on the App Store or Google Play and go to shinetext.com awesome to get 50% off of Shine Premium you'll get access to the entire Shine audio library and enjoy other exclusive features. That's shinetext.com slash awesome to get 50% off of Shine Premium. shinetext.com slash awesome. Well, now my next one is like in the digital world. Something that I changed is something that I did. We've talked about it because it kind of was an issue. <laughs> I had a birthday in the beginning of January. Oh, yes. We have talked about this. Yes. <laughs> Tell this story. And I decided to take my birthday off of Facebook. Well, I had two reasons for that. The first reason is, and this sounds so petty, but I found that I just got a lot of notifications. <laughs> I can't say this without laughing. But I got a lot of notifications on my birthday. Yes, oh, woe is me. I'm, I'm so popular. popular. <laughs> but it was distracting. Like, it was a lot of noise coming at me. Yes. Okay, guys, I know. Everybody's rolling your eyes at me. This sounds really, really petty. But I have a hard time ignoring notifications on my phone. Yeah. And I found myself every birthday a little bit overwhelmed by the birthday notifications. And the need to respond to them or make sure that I click like on all of them and I don't want to miss anything. And so what I would do is I actually would just like, I'm going to ignore everything that is on my wall. Anytime that somebody posts a birthday message directly on my wall, I'm just going to ignore all of that for maybe like a day or two or even like three days later, I would go back and then assess them all. Kind of part of it was just to save on the fun and extend yes. the birthday fun. But the biggest part of it was, I think, just this overwhelming feeling of all of the notifications and being like, okay, I'm just going to deal with them all at once rather than them trickling in all throughout the day. Sure, sure. And then, you know, I'm part of Sorta Awesome. And sometimes we acknowledge birthdays of the co-hosts here. Yes. And so uh there would be notifications other places, maybe Instagram or the Hangout group. And it just felt a little noisy. Yeah. Not bad noise, but just a little noisy. Yeah. So I thought maybe I'll just have a quieter birthday this year. Yeah. And then the second reason why I decided I wanted to do this was because I don't really, mm, (laughs) it's a good confession. I don't really like posting happy birthday on other people's walls. Sure. Yeah. And I have decided that I'm going to stop doing that. So for several months, I haven't been doing that. And the reason why is because I would feel guilty about it. I would feel guilty that I 
did it for one person, but I forgot to do it for somebody yes. else. Yes. I yes. would feel pressure of, well, what do I say? If I just say a generic happy birthday, is that good enough? But then I get hung up on, well, if I don't just say plain old happy birthday, then what else do I say? And then I would take just more time with it and more, it's just kind of a mental load type of thing. Oh, yes. I just, I know. I just had some guilt about it. And so I thought, well, if I just kind of make this a personal policy of mine that I just, I just don't do it, then I don't need to feel bad that I did it for person A and I forgot person B or whatever. And so if I wasn't saying happy birthday to everybody else, I kind of thought, well, maybe, maybe I should like self-sacrifice and not expect people to be saying happy birthday to me. Like I just say happy birthday to any of you. And I maybe kind of feel a little bit guilty about that. This is a pass, a pardon on yes. myself for not wishing anybody else a happy birthday this past year. I totally get it. I totally get it. So, but it kind of became this thing. So uh, my birthday came and went. And you know what? I felt very loved. I felt very appreciated. There was a few people who did say happy birthday to me. A couple people did post on my wall. My husband did do a post dedicated to me. And some people commented on that. But it all felt very manageable. And I I felt loved and appreciated in other like non-social media areas of my life. (laughs) Like in real life, I had a good birthday. Yeah. But it did cause a little bit of a stir here between you and I. (laughs) (laughs) Well, was it a stir? I felt terrible because here's what happened. Kelly's birthday came around. And her birthday soon after mine. Yes, exactly. And I remember that you both had January birthdays and that they were fairly close together. And of course, Facebook, you know, reminds you every day, these are the people that have the birthdays. And I was like, oh no. So I was like, I opened Facebook and I went to your profile because I was like, I know that I know it's in January. When is it? And you had totally taken it off of there. And then I was really freaking out because I was like, we want to say happy birthday to Kelly, but then we didn't. I mean, I was, I was spitting out a little bit. So then I like was boxing you like, what happened to your birthday? (laughs) I'm like, well, funny you ask because it's actually this whole big thing. (laughs) And then we debated, well, what should we do? Do you want me to say in happy belated birthday to Rebecca? Yeah. And then I was like, well, (laughs) part of me thought, well, yeah, maybe we should do that because we don't want anybody to read into this and be yes. like, well, <laughs> we wish Megan a happy birthday and we've wished Kelly a happy birthday. What right. do is there like a tiff? Is there like something going on behind the scenes with Rebecca? <laughs> like, why isn't anybody happy that Rebecca's still alive? Like, <laughs> Maybe this is a thing. And I kind of thought, well. Yeah, I don't want anybody to have any suspicions about what this right. could mean, that it's a bigger issue. Yeah. But then, you know, Meg was like, well, no, like maybe we should just like hold off. And if this is like a thing that you're choosing, let's play this out completely and not put it out there. Yeah. So here we are now confessing that I took yeah. my birthday off Facebook. And that's why nobody in the awesome community knew about it. Yep. <laughs> and it felt good. And I yes. think I'm going to keep it that way. That's so good. I really did want to honor just like whatever you wanted to do. When I first asked you about it, I didn't realize it had been a whole thing. But the more you talked about it, I was like, oh my gosh, that makes so much sense. I think some people really enjoy and get a lot of fulfillment with going through each person's birthday, you know, at least the, the people that they have good relationships with. And 
saying happy birthday on Facebook. And then for other people, it's just not a thing, but it does create guilt then for some of us. I have had a lot of negative self-talk about birthdays on Facebook. So I thought if I just take myself out of this game, then I don't have to feel bad about it anymore. It's kind of nice. It's kind of retro to go back in time to where the people who know you and who would have reason to remember your birthday, they're going to be the people that text you or call you or whatever anyway. Exactly. The people who would take time to write it on their paper calendar every year. Yes. Those are the people who will reach out. Yeah. And those are the people who did reach out. Yes. It felt great. I did not feel any less loved. Good. Good, good. So Rebecca wishes she had done it sooner, you guys. So maybe this is the year we release our birthdays (laughs) from our Facebook profiles. But I I do want to say, like, if you get a lot of joy out of people, even if you don't ever wish anybody a happy birthday, but it brings you great joy to have people wish you a happy birthday. I mean, that's fine. Oh, yeah. Don't, like, listen to this and, like, feel guilty. Oh, yeah, yeah. Totally. Yeah. (laughs) Just some of us have. This just made me feel better. Some of us have deeply entrenched Facebook guilt issues, no matter what. So, yeah. Okay, so good. I like it. The next one on my list is actually a happened because of our sort of awesome gift guide this past year. Okay. (laughs) Um, That shiatsu massager that we talked about that we made very clear: do not use this while driving. Uh, Yeah, the one that can't go in the car. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, I ordered that for my sister and brother-in-law. It came, we had it all wrapped up. We ended up like last minute doing something else for them. And so then we had this massager. Now I got it from Amazon. So I was like, well, we could return this. Right. And then I was like, or we could keep it <laughs> for ourselves. Did you keep it? We kept it. Did you use it in the car? I've never, <laughs> I have not used it in the car yet. <laughs> I don't feel, I don't feel super great about that. <laughs> <laughs> because what? When it massages you, like there's like these massager knobs, I guess you could say, that come out of the, come right out from the surface of uh-huh. the massager. That's how it works. And so your body naturally kind of like goes back and forth a little well, bit as you're being yes. massaged. But Meg, as we cover this in the, in the gift guide, it's for the passenger in the no, car. No, no, I just don't <laughs> even feel comfortable as the passenger. It looks weird. I feel like, I think I would work with it. But listen, if we were, I will say, if we were going on a long road trip, I would totally bring this. But just for using at home, Rebecca, I'm like, why did I not get some kind of massager sooner? This was like $30. This is the best $30 I've spent on myself in a long time. Probably some of my appreciation for it is because I am pregnant and I'm already starting to have the back pain, stuff like that. And so it's been so nice to have this on hand. Kyle's used it. The girls love it. It is really nice. So I don't even have a story to say, except that I do wish I do. Because I think for some people who carry tension, does everyone carry tension in their shoulders? Is that I mean, I do. I I really do. That's a pretty normal thing. I don't know. If you carry a lot of tension on your shoulders, especially, it's really good. So I'm just gonna leave it there. (laughs) Why are you laughing? (laughs) I feel like you're reading something into this that I'm not saying. (laughs) I'm not saying anything. (laughs) I'm purposely not saying anything. Okay, well, good because there just don't... probably are lots of women who've been thankful for their massage purchases and wondering why they didn't purchase them earlier. <laughs> okay, in an effort to keep this show as family friendly as we try to be, we'll just move right along. But I'm going to put a link back in the show notes for this one, you guys. 
It's fantastic. I am not kidding. Don't let Rebecca sully the reputation of (laughs) (laughs) I have had a mindset shift that I wish I would have had earlier. Okay. So I have always been a very frugal person. I grew up in a very frugal household. It's just, it almost feels like a moral thing. Like you just, you should be a good steward of your money. You -hmm. should do things efficiently in a way that you don't waste money. And I really, really took that to heart when it came to my laundry routine. And I, for years and years and years, felt the most efficient, responsible, almost moral way (laughs) to do your laundry is to do as big of loads as you can. Okay. So that like you're using your energy kind of all at once. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, like it probably saves certainly on electricity and energy, but then it probably also saves on water. I'm imagining that like it only takes a little bit more water to do an extra large load versus like a medium load. I don't know. I don't have one of those high efficiency washing yeah, machines. Me neither. No, I get it. Yeah. So I just always felt like, okay, it's time for me to do laundry. And I don't enjoy doing laundry. So I'm not a one load a day type of gal because sure. then that means I have to do something I don't enjoy doing like every single every day. Every single day. Yes. <laughs> I don't want to do that. I just want to do multiple loads in one day and then not have to worry about it for a while. Yeah. But I would put this pressure on myself to do like all of the laundry that was in the house. Mm. and feel like that was the most efficient way to get it done. But it just felt responsible because yeah. of its efficiency. And then what do you know? I started doing like just one load of the kids' laundry or just a load of my laundry. And it felt so much better. It wasn't so overwhelming. I like, this is so dumb, but I had to give myself permission to just do one load of laundry. Huh. I know you're looking at me like this is crazy. Yeah. But it's okay for me to do just one load of laundry. (laughs) It is, Rebecca. It's totally okay. And some people do that (laughs) every day. (laughs) I know. Like, I think that's what I thought is that you either do one load of laundry every single day. Right. Or you do like oh, all of your laundry, okay. yes. maybe once a week. You thought it was like however. an either or kind of thing. Yeah, but th- yes. it's not, there's like not a rule about it. Like you're, you're no. own, I'm my own boss. You are. I can do as little or as much laundry as I want. I also thought that it was very important for me to always be sorting everything. So, yeah. you know, I felt like I needed to do like all the laundry at once just so that I would have enough whites to justify a load of just white. You know, I just had like all this pressure, all these yeah. rules that I put on myself. Yeah. And I just, it was just a couple of years ago. I was like, Rebecca, you are your own boss. I had to tell myself that it is literally okay to do a small load of laundry. Yeah, it is. It is. And I'm so glad that you've had that. <laughs> That's so good. It's changed things like it has freed me up. I no longer feel the pressure that if a particular thing needs to be washed, I used to feel like, okay, well, if I have to wash, like if so-and-so is out of underwear, well, I need to wash like all the clothes in the house. No, I can do a load of laundry that's kid laundry that will 
you know, wash enough underwear to get him by for a while. You know, like it just, I don't know why, but it was this thing in my head that I was turning into a project. And this is something that I'm continuously having to tell myself is that I don't need to wait for perfection Mm. to have things be better. Yeah. Like I can do something and improve something a little bit, do just a little bit to make things better. Yeah. And that is better than doing nothing while I'm waiting for the energy or the motivation or the money, the finances, whatever, to make things perfect. Yeah. I I don't have to wait for perfection to have things be better. And that's kind of like how I felt about the laundry. Yeah, I get it. That's so good. So that ties in perfectly to the next one on my list. I, for ages, have felt like, oh, I'm not a person who can have plants. I kill plants. I have a black thumb. Plants look lovely in other people's homes, but I can't do plants. Well, when you recently, sometime in the past year, talked about that you can get beautiful indoor plants on Amazon, I was like, you know what? What if I just, because to me, another part of it is not only am I going to kill it, but it's like a whole thing of like picking out the plants and you got to find a pot. And how does this all work? I literally didn't know how any of it worked. I always loved the way plants look in other people's homes. But I just had convinced myself that I'm not a person who can have plants because I don't know how to do it and I can't do it perfectly, like you were saying. Well, I decided this year, well, what's the worst that could happen? In fact, what inspired me is I came across a plant that I actually really wanted to get my best friend, Catherine, who she loves plants. Her living room is like filled with plants everywhere. She loves them. Well, I found this plant that's called Maranta, and it's also known as a prayer plant because at night... Its leaves curl upward like it's praying. It's just what it does by nature. And I never heard of it. Yeah, it's really, it's like a really low key, nice, it's not a huge, it's just like a nice little indoor plant. So I thought, I think I'm going to get that for Catherine for Christmas. And I found a place on Amazon that sells it, a shop on Amazon, and they sell them two to an order. It's like two of these Maranta plants for like $12. Oh, nice. Yes. I mean, again, they're small plants. I wanted to start small. I did not want to start with like a huge thing that was going to be overwhelming and feel too hard for me. So anyway, long story short, I got these, one for her, one for me. I put it into a pot. Who knew? That's just like, you just do that. It's okay. (laughs) (laughs) And we've been through this little plant and I've been through some ups and downs. I found out quickly that we also, like you guys, live in an old, old house and our windowsills are very drafty. So I had it in my kitchen window because it's so pretty and I thought it could get some good light there, but it was shriveling and not doing well. It was not thriving in the kitchen. And I Mm. finally encouraged me like, it's probably just too cold in this kitchen windowsill. So I moved it to the living room. It's growing and thriving and it's still alive. And I'm like, why did I spend so many years thinking I am bad at plants? I can't be trusted with plants. I did it and it hasn't always been perfect, but we're doing it. (laughs) Did you have to add extra soil to the pot? I will eventually. I put it into a small pot. I think it's about to outgrow its pot, actually. So I'm going to have to add a little extra. So that'll be my next step along the way. Learning how to do that. But I'm very excited. And Rebecca, I probably would not have done this if you wouldn't have told me that you can buy plants on Amazon. So plants and refrigerator drawers. <laughs> Who? Yes. And massagers. 
massagers <laughs> in all varieties. Okay, let's quickly move on. We each have one more on our list and then we wanted to share some from our awesome. So let's finish up our list here. Okay, well, my final one is a bit more on the serious side. And, but yeah, it's also the most meaningful to me. So I had a relationship, a friendship that for a large amount of reasons, just all kinds of reasons, it disintegrated and we still kept in touch. But the bottom line is, is I felt icky and insecure Mm. when I thought of this girlfriend of mine. Yeah. I felt the heaviness of the conflict still on me. And the relationship has changed. And that relationship isn't going to go back to how it once was. But I just really, I mean, there were moments where I was really consumed Mm. with the heaviness of the conflict. Yeah. Even after the conflict is over, just whenever I would think of her, I just felt so... When I say insecure, I felt so insecure of, I don't think she likes me. Mm. I don't think she's happy with me. Yeah. I have failed here. Yeah. Yeah. In this relationship. Yeah. And a few months ago, I felt inspired that, you know, a lot of time has passed now. Mm -hmm. Maybe it's time that we reach out and there's been enough distance that we could really sit down. Hash some of this out, not with the goal of us restoring the relationship to what it was, honestly, just restoring it to a point where I no longer needed to feel that heaviness Mm. anymore. Yeah. Yeah. And so we got together. I was very pleased that she was willing to meet with me. We got together. We were able to talk back through the history of some of just just the straight up logistics of how things were working in our lives during that time. What was working against us Mm. in our relationship? Maybe some outside forces that it was like, man, like, how would we even have been capable of overcoming this? Yeah. I was able to apologize for some specific things that needed to be said. Also apologize for just the general just ickiness of the situation. It was really good for me to be able to share especially what my perspective was on some of the conflict and her to share what her perspective was on some of the conflict. And for me to be able to hear that and be like, oh, so that's what you were thinking. Mm. This whole time I was assuming that this is what you were thinking. It really broke down those assumptions that were happening. That is so important. And to be in a place of healthiness yourself, to be able to be like, can we go back and just talk through this, I think that is so commendable. And I do think that's a perfect example. I mean, the ones we've talked about so far have been kind of silly in some ways, but sometimes it is about relationships and something we've been putting off and we don't realize the toll it's taking on us. So I love that. It's so good. A lot of emotional time was spent on this for me in my head and in my heart. And I just feel better about it all. Now, Obviously, I wish that this could have been done sooner, but I also recognize that perhaps in this circumstance, it couldn't have been done sooner. Mm -hmm. It certainly could not have happened immediately after the fallout. And I don't know how much sooner it could have happened. Like there's some things that they just do take time. Like you just do need the benefit of distance in order to look back with clear eyes in order for some of that emotion to 
detach itself from the situation yeah. so you could see more clearly. It was a good conversation. I'm super thankful for it. That's so good. That's so good. Now my last one feels pretty petty in light of that. (laughs) I love petty things. Well, I mean, just it's very lightweight. And that is the fact that I finally, after many, many, many years of being ridiculously resistant to this, I finally joined Goodreads, which is, you know, the sort of platform for sharing what you're reading and finding out what your friends are reading. Now, my okay. Well, I don't use Goodreads, okay. and I've never been on it. Okay, so maybe you can convince me here. Well, why I should take a stab at it? Here's what I thought Goodreads was for, and it is primarily, I think, a hub for readers to leave reviews on books. I actually do love to read reviews on books, but I felt a lot of ridiculous pressure of like I'm probably never going to leave lower than a four star review on a book, even if I hate it. I just like personality wise oh, can't do it. Yes, so I yes, was like, I can see that. Yeah, I was like, <laughs> why would I even need to be on there? Like, I know the books I like. I know the books I didn't like. I don't need to be on there. What I did not realize is that yes, leaving reviews and sharing your thoughts on books is part of it. But the even better part, and the reason I'm so glad I'm on there now, is that you find your friends on there and see what they're reading and what they're saying about books. And so like every day, I'll log in and just check my Goodreads like main feed really quickly. One of my friends, Lee Kramer, she reads all the time, has like new reviews up every day. Sometimes I feel like I've always been a kind of person. I always love to read reviews on books because I get a sense of what they're really about and feel like I know something about that book without having to read it. So. It has been so fun to see what people are reading. I have found so many books based on what friends of mine have either left reviews on or added to their, you can keep track of your books that you want to read. That's like a whole tag on Goodreads. And so somebody will mark a book that they want to read it. And I'll be like, well, I want to read that too. And then I can kind of keep track of the books that I'm coming across that sound really good. I'm just like, why did I put this off for so long? I think because I thought it was mostly going to be about me. And my interactions with books. Oh, yeah. And okay. It's actually so, so, so much more communal than about your individual response to books. So, hooray. Oh, very interesting. Yeah. Okay. I love it. Yeah. Okay. So we each picked out a few. You guys, there were so many good comments on this thread of things that we wish we had done sooner. When this episode comes out, I'm going to bump that thread back up so that if you're in the Hangout group, you can read through these because there's some great ones. Rebecca, what were some of your favorites from our awesomes? Okay. Well, this one from Peyton really spoke my language. I have she this said, one too, yes. <laughs> she says, I finally realized that I couldn't continue to do everything at my house after starting a nonprofit and returning to work part time. It took a huge hit to my pride, but hiring a housekeeper twice a month has been a tremendous blessing to my entire family. P.S. I recommend Mondays as cleaning days instead of the coveted Thursday or Friday spots. Coming home to a clean house at the start of the week is awesome. And guys, this was one of the more popular, I wish I would have sooner topics. Yes. Alisa also mentioned hiring a house cleaner. Lori and Jesse also mentioned it. It seems to be the thing to do. I've had a house cleaner for a short time in my life, and I am counting down the days until I do it again. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And when you do, you'll be like, I wish I had done this sooner. (laughs) Exactly. I love that one from Peyton, too. And I love that so many people are chiming in, like, I finally hired a house cleaner. So, yeah. So good. What else? Well, I really appreciated all of the ones that dealt with medical issues. I would say between the house cleaning 
and medical. Those were the two most popular topics. And this one from Elisa really struck me. It's kind of a long story, but just to summarize, she had come across some evidence that made her suspicious that she was pre-diabetic. Oh, okay. And she put a lot of pressure on herself to eat better. She started feeling guilty about her weight and about her diet choices. She put off going to a doctor because she felt this pressure that, oh, she should be fixing this herself. She put a lot of pressure on herself, ultimately. So this was several years in the making. Then finally, she goes to a new doctor for something else, and they did a full blood panel. She was so nervous about the results. Turns out she's not pre-diabetic. She's just fine. (laughs) And she said here, I am determined now to have a plan to see the right doctor for the right tests at the right time so I can make healthy choices based on reality, not fear. So good. Isn't that good? Yes. Yes. So, so good. Oh, Oh, how many times do we put things off just because we're scared about it? Yes. Okay. Well, that reminds me of one of my favorite ones from Awesome Avia. She said, pretty much anytime I need to make a phone call. That's, yeah. Mm -hmm. That is me. (laughs) You guys, I have phone phobia to the maximum, whether it is setting the appointment or calling someone back who left a voicemail. I get, bizarrely anxious about it. I'll make the phone call and I'll be done. I'll be like, well, my gosh, why did I let that hang over my head for so long? I don't know what I think is going to happen that's so bad in a phone call, but apparently my brain's convinced that this is a time to panic anyway. (laughs) I love that because it does go back to that thing of like, what do I perceive? What do I think is going to happen? And then what's the actual reality of it? It's usually like two minutes and you're done. Or even the longer phone calls where you have to straighten out something with, you know, like health insurance or whatever dumb, boring thing that you hate. It may be a pain, but then you're done and you're still okay, you know? (laughs) Yeah. Sometimes your library fine is only $3 (laughs) and you just need to call to find that out. (laughs) That's a perfect example, Rebecca, a perfect one. I also love that Awesome Amy talked about what she wished she had done sooner was finding good bras. Mm -hmm. I mean, you guys, it's a life changer. It totally is. And the last one I wanted to share was from my friend Marie, who lives in Lebanon. And she said that she started a conversational class for Arabic and she goes for two hours a week. Her Arabic, she says, is passable, but being in this class has helped her to learn how to speak it on multiple topics. There's people from all over the world in the class. She said, it takes me an hour to get there in Beirut traffic, but it's worth it. And I just love that because this whole language learning thing is something that, you know, I'm constantly talking about, thinking about. I love that she, even though she lives in Lebanon, she's American, but she lives in Lebanon. It's a language that surrounds her, but she's finally like, I really need to get a grasp on this. And she's really taking action on it. So, so fun. Oh, hey, I had one last one that I wanted to share and it was from Kelly. Okay, She said, getting a math tutor for my son. Why did we wait so long? Just because my husband understands all math doesn't mean he could teach it to our son. I told our fabulous tutor she was basically a marriage counselor. Ah, yes. (laughs) Which tells me just because you can do something doesn't always mean you should. Just like with the house cleaning, right? Sometimes we just need to give ourselves permission to outsource something. Yeah, totally. Totally, yes. Okay, awesome. Your takeaway from this episode is number one, flip that switch. Number two, (laughs) make that phone call. 
just do the thing because chances are on the other side of it, no matter how uncomfortable you are in the moment, on the other side of it, you're going to be feeling so much relief. So we want you to do that. Rebecca, if people want to follow up on any of these topics with you or anything else, where can we find you all around the web? Well, my blog is at simplyrebecca.com where I talk about homemaking, parenthood, frugal, natural living. And then you can also find me on Instagram and on Facebook at Simply Rebecca. Okay, you can find me on social media at Sorta Awesome Meg. You can find the show on Twitter at Sorta Awesome Pod. And we're on Facebook anytime at facebook.com slash Sorta Awesome. You guys, thanks so much for listening and we'll see y'all next time. Sorta Awesome was created and is hosted by me, Meg Teets. Sarah Robertson is our assistant producer and production collaboration comes from Kelly Gordon and Rebecca Hoffer. Kelly Gordon is our digital media producer and we are so thankful for the ongoing support from our listener supporters. Music is provided by the band Prager. You can find more of Prager's music at pragermusic.com. To find show notes on this and every episode of Sorta Awesome and also to spread the Sorta Awesome love to all of your friends, you can head on over to sortaawesomeshow.com. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.